Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. I hope each of you is having a good morning so far. Some of you had a chance to open up some gifts, either this morning or last night, or in my family's case, they uh, thought that we needed to, to open up gifts uh, a couple days early. I, I, don't know, I don't know what that's all. It seems like that happens all the time. But some of the gifts that you might have gotten, uh, you were expecting. Some of the gifts that you might have gotten, you uh, are excited to, to see, and some that were just unexpected. And there's probably been a time in your life that you've gotten an unexpected gift, a gift that you did not think was coming your way, and it was a wonderful gift. I remember probably one of the, uh, one of the coolest unexpected gifts I got was uh, probably... Uh, I think it was in 2008. I know it was in 2008 because Sydney had just been born. And it was uh, right before Christmas time. And, and I was in the foyer right out, right out here. And Mike Bassham hands me an envelope. And he says, this is not from me. And in this envelope is a lot of money. And he said... Someone at the congregation, I don't know who it was. They might be here today. They might be in heaven with us. I don't know who it was. But they saw this uh, poor young man <laughs> with, a new, with a new baby, and, and they decided to bless me. And it was unexpected. It was very generous. It was just a, a, an incredible gift, especially at the time when, when we just had a new baby. We, Mary, it was, it was, we were a single-income family at the time. It was awesome. And what was interesting is right after that, I got a call from my Dallas Mavericks season ticket holder guy. All right? We, Mary and I have been season ticket holders since 2005. Now, we've only paid for the season tickets once, and then the, well, we will sell our tickets, and they'll pay for themselves, and we'll do other, other uh, we'll, we'll go to some games, but most of the tickets we sell, and it pays for the next season, and we can go to any game for free. But what was interesting is he said, do you want to upgrade? At that time, I had a half season. Do you want to upgrade to a full season? And all of a sudden, I had this unexpected gift that allows me that I could upgrade to this full season. And I said, okay, I have a little bit of extra money. I could spend that on, on uh, Christmas gifts for the family. And I could also upgrade this gift that I was given to something pretty neat. And so this was 2008. 2022, I've been able to upgrade those season tickets every year. So this is a gift that kept on giving. It moved me up to this uh, full-time season tickets. And now every year... Either I break even or I make a little bit of money and we can use that money to continue to, to be a blessing for us and our family, which is pretty neat. This gift that I was given so many years ago continues and continues to bless us each year. We all have been given some sort of gift. And maybe we know about it, maybe we don't. But the unexpected gift that we've been given was God's gift to the world. John 3.16, most of us know this verse. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him will not perish 
but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Most of us have heard this, this, uh, th- this verse. It's one of the, it's w- one of the most known verses in, in the world in, through the New Testament. Why? Because this was a gift that God gave not just to a group of people. He gave it to everyone. This is a gift that was given to the entire world to experience his love, to experience his joy, to experience his peace. It was a gift for anyone that wants to believe in him, put their faith in him. God sent his son not to, not to judge the world for their failures, not to judge the world for their sins. But he sent, the, he sent his son into the world to save us. God sent us a savior. And think of how earth moving this is. Especially at the time when God sent his son. This is a time when people would worship all sorts of different uh, uh, unreal deities. They would worship these gods, but they didn't worship these gods because they thought the gods loved them. And they didn't worship these gods because they loved the gods. They thought that they just had to appease the gods. So the gods wouldn't come and bring disaster on them. That's how their mindset was. They didn't understand that there was a one true God. They didn't understand how much that God loved them. And what our God did was he was going to send his son. Send God in human flesh down to this earth. And our God does this in a way that's so incredible and so unique. God is going to announce his son to the world in a way that only our God would know how to do. Some of you like watching British politics and royal family and that kind of stuff. Uh, Anytime I hear a British accent, it starts to bore me instantly. No offense to any British. I, I think I'm mostly British, so I guess I can say that. I don't know. It, it, it just, it, something about it, just, 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 Mary will have something on TV, and I was like, oh, I, I can't sit and watch that. But it's fine for those that do. On May 8th, there is going to be a coronation of King Charles. This is going to be a big deal. King Charles is going to sit on this great throne. King Charles is going to have a crown of pure gold and giant diamonds placed on his head. King Charles is going to have an orb. I don't know what an orb is. I I guess it's something like that. He's given an orb and a scepter made of gold. And while all that's happening, the Archbishop of Canterbury will lead the congregation of attendance into saying, God save the king. They estimate about 2,200 worthy guests will be invited to this great coronation. And who are these guests? They're going to be other royalty, great dignitaries, the prime minister, other foreign leaders representatives of their parliament 
all the important people from the world and from their country. This is a big deal, this king that they're, that they're going to announce. They've been waiting forever. And what was the cost to the people? Oh, it's only a mere 100 million pounds. But they've been waiting to pay that, right? They're excited. That's how man announces its new king. So how did God do it? A little bit differently. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. We'll start Luke 2 verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. These shepherds are sitting out in the field, and, and, and who are these shepherds? They're, are they the worthy dignitaries that, that, uh, that, that, that we would expect to come to the king's coronation in Great Britain? No. These are just a few dudes out in the field watching their sheep. And all of a sudden, they see this angel appear. And if any of you have ever gone to, uh, there, there's, there's a place called Santa Land down over in Tyler or Lindell area. And I, always, I used to like to go there. We've, we've gotten something in Longview, Carmela's, which is kind of nice so we don't have to drive all the way there and wait in the line over there. But it's pretty cool. You go through the whole thing and you look at all the lights and it's pretty. And as you get to the end, they have a, a, a scene where, where you have these angels coming to the shepherds. But the angels they have there are these precious moments angels. Y'all remember precious moments? I remember those were pretty popular when I was a little kid. These little uh, goofy-looking characters. They look real sweet. If you like precious moments, that's also fine. But it wasn't a precious moment angel that came to see these shepherds. Matter of fact, they were frightened. Why were they frightened? Because the glory of God was shining all around them. What is the glory of God? All of God's perfection. All of God's love. All of God's, all of God's power. And when you realize you are unworthy in the presence of an all-powerful, almighty God, you fear for your life. Because in their minds, they shouldn't be standing face-to-face, -face, not even with, especially not with the glory of God, but with just even one of his messengers as his glory shines around him. So they were frightened. But what does the angel tell them? He has some good news. He says, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. This great Messiah is being brought to them. They're so excited about seeing the, this angel, they're frightened, but then they realize that what they've been waiting for is finally here. They've been waiting for this great Messiah, this great leader to come in. And what were they expecting? They were expecting this Messiah to lead them back 
to a world power. These children of Abraham, the, the Jewish nation, they were, they were basically captives of Rome. Rome basically took over their city. And now, their Messiah is here. God is going to elevate them to the, to, the, to the greatest powerful nation, at least in their mind. You see, sometimes whenever we have something in our mind, something that we want, we might not be thinking of it how it really is. So then it explains who this Messiah is. It says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. You know, we don't use the term manger anymore. I think I grew up singing the song, Way in the Manger, and I thought of the manger as just this nice, cute little house in the country or something like that. I didn't understand what that was. It's an outdated term. The term really is, we just use a food trough. That's what it says. You know, we're going to sing, away in a food trough. That doesn't sound near as, as nice, but we've kind of made the, 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 the story of Christ. We kind of made it nice and pretty, but he was laying in a food trough. And they said, that's where your, ma- that's where your Lord is savor. That's where the Messiah is going to be. I remember one Christmas, it was when I was in sixth grade, and the Nintendo entertainment system came out. This was the first Nintendo, and I was so excited about getting it. A lot of the boys that were, that were blessed enough to, to get one, uh, I guess girls could have gotten one too, but, um, but mainly I remember just me and my friends, we probably, girls didn't want to hang around us, I guess, in sixth grade. That makes sense. We are all getting Nintendos, and I remember knowing all my friends were getting Nintendos for Christmas, and I looked under the tree, and for a few weeks, I kept on seeing this box, and I'd look at the box, but the box didn't look like the right shape for a Nintendo Entertainment System. And I would go, and I would think, maybe I should look in the box to see if it really is, and I thought about opening the paper, and then I realized, I thought, well, if my parents know that I'm open, they might take the thing back. So I just kind of looked at it, and I would measure it, and I'd look at it, and I'd, but it wasn't the right size, and I'd go to the stores... And I would try to say, well, this is what a Nintendo box should look like. And I had in my mind what this gift should be. And it wasn't matching up with what I thought it should be. But then on Christmas morning, I opened up the box. And it wasn't just a Nintendo entertainment system. My parents got me something so much better. It was the deluxe edition. It came with a power pad. They saw their son and thought, if he's going to spend so much time playing on video games, he needs to run. And the power pad was something you placed out and you could run and jump and do whatever on it and keep you active while you're playing video games. It was pretty cool. I had in mind what the box was supposed to look like, but it was something even better. And this is what the shepherds had in mind, what the Messiah was supposed to be like. It was supposed to be something for them, but that's not... What the Messiah was, the Messiah was something so much greater. Not just for the children of Abraham, but for all of God's people. This has been God's plan all the time. He was ready to bless all the nations. Anyone that put their faith in Him, put their hope in Him. Our God's plans were so much bigger than ours, and He was using these people as a pathway to send His Son to this earth. It didn't just start that morning when Christ was born. 
Jesus Christ has been around at all times. Since the beginning, before the beginning. And so the story actually starts in John chapter 1 verse 1. And John loves to be very poetic in his writing sometimes. And as he introduces Jesus to the world in his gospel, he uses this poetic word and he refers to Jesus as the word. But to make everything abundantly clear, what we're going to do is we're going to read it and not use the word as he says, but we're going to say what, G- what John was doing poetically and we're just going to say Jesus. It says, in the beginning, Jesus already existed. Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. Jesus existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Jesus. And nothing was created except through Him. Jesus gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to the world. What John wanted us to know is Jesus came into this world to give us life. For all that put their faith in Him, for all that believe in Him, He came to give us life. And then He came to give us light. What is light? That's the joy that we can face. That's the peace on earth. That's the goodwill. That's what light is. He didn't want us to come and live through this world depressed and Sad, he wanted us to come through this world with joy and happiness and hope. That our God wanted to be with us. And so he came to us in human flesh. The Word became the flesh. Jesus became the flesh. God became the flesh to dwell among his people, to show his people just how much he loves us. And how much did he love us? The cost was incredible. I was listening to my friend Bruce. He's a, he's a minister down in uh, Belton. And Bruce was talking about the cost of Jesus coming to this earth. And, and, and how he said it just really uh, resonated with me. He says, you know, we're thinking about costs more than ever right now, right? In the past couple of years, it seems like the prices of, of, of things have just skyrocketed. Restaurants, every, they've, they've had to redo their whole menus and now add several more dollars to each meal that we used to always get. I went to Whataburger and got a $14 hamburger. Why I paid for it, I don't know. I didn't get fries or a drink. That's $14 hamburger. That's crazy. And so now we start evaluating the cost. Is it worth it? And we as a family probably eat out less than we ever have before. Why? It's probably good to eat at home, one. Two, it just costs so much. It costs so much. And so we just choose, we're not going to eat out near as often. Cost is important, but some things, things sometimes it's worth the cost. In my family, what we do is we draw names, uh, my my side of the family, we draw names uh, for our gifts that we'll, that we'll give out to each other. So me and my siblings, and uh, we'll, we'll draw names and, and we'll get different, different uh, people. And we realized as things have cost a little bit more, we, said, we used to have a little bit of a limit that we put on. They said, Does, should we raise the limit a little bit? And I think about 
us and our family say, yeah, we're worth the cost, right? So we did raise the limit a little bit. That's nice. What did it cost Jesus to come to this earth? It didn't cost him anything. It cost him everything. Jesus gave up everything to come to us. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 says, Though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to, be, to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Sometimes we look at, at how much we love someone by how much we're willing to spend on them. Most of us know in our lives that's probably not the, uh, that's, that's, that doesn't always equate love, just the amount that you spend on somebody. But I'll tell you what does equate love is what you're willing to give up for somebody. And Jesus Christ, who was around before the world was created, the one that created everything, gave up all the splendor of heaven. Gave up everything he could to come to this earth. To live in the form of a man. To be born into a food trough. His creation didn't even have enough space for him. His creation didn't have room for their creator. And he knew what he was going to do when he came to this earth. It wasn't just that he was going to be a precious little baby that we can sing carols to. He was going to give his life for us. And so he's raised as a young man, learning more and more about God, teaching others as he's raised. We'll, hear, we'll see him in the, in, the, in the temple, going and teaching the priests, teaching all the, all the godly people about who God truly is. And eventually he becomes this perfect sacrifice for each of us. And he dies a criminal's death on a cross. Why does he do it? Because he loved us. God just didn't just send a cute little baby into a manger. God sent us a Savior that all who believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. This is the incredible gift that we're given. Each Sunday we come together and we remember this gift of Jesus Christ. And at this time, we're going to watch a video of how it all came to be, how Jesus was, was there the entire time through the beginning of this world up until the time he came into the world. And this gift was ready for us. And as we do this, I'm going to, we're going to watch this, this video and some of the young men are going to pass out this gift that we will all open together. We each get in the habit of all sorts of things that we, that we do routinely. And each Sunday, our congregation, we come together and we take the Lord's Supper. And typically, we, we, we have the best of intentions of, of remembering this gift that Jesus gave us, this 
his death for us, giving us his body, giving us his blood, giving us a sacrifice that allows us to have our sins washed away. And so at the time we come and we remember that, but I want us to think about the gift that we have. And if you open this, and some of you might already have it, we, we just have our, our little communion cup. And we have the body that Jesus gave us that He planned from the beginning of time, before the earth was created, that He was going to come and give His body to us to leave the splendor of heaven for us. And so at this time, let's open up and remember the gift of Jesus, His body that was given to us. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, we thank You so much for this day You've given us. God, we thank You that we have this opportunity. Each week that we can reflect on you coming to this earth. We, we can reflect on, on you giving your everything for us, your entire body. And Father, help us to live in such a way that we become living sacrifices, that we can give up some of our worldly pleasures for you. And we can be the body of Christ and show this dark world the light of Jesus Christ. We thank you for coming. We thank you for giving everything for us. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. It wasn't just the gift of his coming that was so great. But as Paul puts it, he appeared in human form and then he humbled himself. He became obedient to God and he died the criminal's death on the cross. He was whipped for us. He was beaten for us. He bled for us. This was the gift our God gave to us. The gift of Jesus Christ. We thank Him for this blood that was shed so that we can have everlasting life in Him. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, we thank You so much for Your love. We thank You for Your kindness. We thank You... You didn't just come to this earth as, as, a, as a king like they crown in this world. But you came humbly. You didn't come just for the rich and powerful. You came for everybody. All that put their faith in you. Father, help us to remember the blood you are willing to shed. Help us to remember that that gives us forgiveness for our sins so that we can live with you eternally we pray all these things in your son's name luke two thirteen says suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising god and saying glory to god in the highest heaven on earth peace to those on whom his favors rests Glory to God and peace on earth. What's so interesting is a curtain 
basically has opened. All they had seen right now was this angel standing before them. But now this curtain of heavenly host has been revealed and the shepherds now see how great our God is. And when it says a host of, of heavenly beings is there, what that word is, it, it's, a, it's a stadia. Or stratia, sorry. My Greek isn't so great this morning. But it was a stratia of heavenly beings, meaning it was the army of God. The incomplete army. All of the heavenly beings are now praising our God for what He's done for us. Was this a big deal to God to send His Son to the earth? Absolutely. We don't see this stratia, this host of angels until... Later on in Revelation, when he comes back for us. This was giant. And they were singing glory and praise to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom his favor rests. And who does his favor rest? All of those that are willing to put their faith in him. Their hope in him. Willing to allow his blood to cover us. Those of us that have made that decision to put our faith in Him, what we've done is we, we've become baptized into Him. We've had the, the, the blood of Jesus wash our sins away so that we can be with our God. That's what makes this so great. So what is the response? What are we to do? What did the shepherds do? It says in verse 15, When the angels had left them to go, uh, and, and gone into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning, that, concerning what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed and the shepherds said to them, at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. What was their response when they saw God and they heard about Jesus? Their response was to go and worship Jesus. And what is our response when we hear about Jesus? We've got to be like the shepherds and we've got to go and we've got to see Him and we've got to worship Him. But we don't just sit there and worship Him and then go about our regular lives. We now have seen the Lord. We've worshipped the Lord. We've, we've uh, given our lives to Him. We've made Him our Lord of Lords, our King of Kings. And so I like how it says in verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen, which were just as they had heard, or just as they had been told. They didn't just see Jesus and then go about their life again. They went back rejoicing in Him. And so that's my encouragement to you today. As we... Remember this gift that we've been given. This gift of Jesus Christ. We don't just forget about this and, and go about our regular day, but we go back rejoicing and we go back telling about the great gift of Jesus who came to this earth in human flesh and died for us so that we could be with God forever, for eternity. It's the greatest story ever told to this earth and it's the greatest thing that could happen to us and it's available to each of us. 
If you want to be like the shepherds and go and worship Jesus, uh, I encourage you to do that today and tell the good news. Tell, just like the shepherds told the whole story, tell who Jesus is to your friends, to your loved ones, to your family. And if you need to give your life to him, to make him your king of kings, your Lord of lords, you can be baptized into his death so that you can be raised in his resurrection. If you have questions about that, feel free to talk to me. Feel free to talk to any of our shepherds at, in, in our congregation, our elders. But if there's anything we can do for you today, please come while we stand and sing.